0: Hi, Sean Sampson. I'm president and CEO and a director of EV Nickel. We're a Canadian company based in Toronto with tremendous assets in Northern Ontario, just outside the city of Timmins.
1: Uh, Sean, good to see you. Um, thanks for coming back on the show. Um, so there's an EV revolution out there. Feels more like a nickel recession. What's going on?
0: Yeah, well, Matt, it's it's obviously we're in the metal business, which has its ups and downs. But uh, alongside that, we're in the nickel business, which has this enormous macro play, uh, which I think has a longer longer legs to it. And that's really why we're building a nickel company to try to speed ahead this energy transition. And that the forecasts for, for nickel continue to be phenomenal, right? Uh, politicians will you know, change party to party, but there's consistency between both sides of the aisle. And I think we just saw it in D.C. with the debt deal is that there is support, ongoing support, for the energy transition. So if we're gonna electrify all ground transportation, there's a benchmark study that recently came out which said between 2022 production of nickel, which is about 3.2 million tons, we need another three million tons of annual production by 2035. So finding three million tons of annual production, getting that on the board, is an incredible leap to make as an industry. Um, and, and just for some context, because I know everybody talks about these big numbers, but sort of bringing it home to context, Sudbury, Ontario, which is a big nickel sulfide camp, they produced about 65,000 tons last year. Canada nickel, um, one of our colleagues in the nickel space, they're forecasting about forty-five to 50,000 tons of production a year. If as an industry, we're going to make that 3 million ton uh, step up, that requires on those Sudbury numbers. 46 more Sudbury's so there's a huge amount of potential there so it's a it's a tough market right now uh nickel's a little soft but big picture based on these forecasts from um the groups that look at the ev sales they're based on today's chemistry there's an enormous amount of nickel demand that's we need to build for and that's really what's on our shoulders
1: okay so you you're in. You're in the right thematic. You're you're, you're in nickel. Forecasts look good. You need d- double to, to double the production by twenty. Do you say thirty or
0: thirty five? Thirty five. Thirty five. We need uh, three million more tons a year. Right. And so t-
1: tell me a little bit about what's involved. In that when you say forty six new sub obviously, you know, my knowledge of mining, it takes, it takes. It's hard to find the stuff. Then sure yeah. you've got to then you know sure. get it into production. You're, you're you're sort of 10, 15, sometimes twenty years out. Um. What's going to what are we going to be able to do it? Where's it going to come from? Because if we can't find it, it's going to get designed out, surely.
0: Yeah, and obviously, that's that's something you always see in our business. Uh, where for example, you know, the cobalt requirement in the winning battery chemistry when the cobalt price ran, that was sort of thrifted out, and the new uh, battery chemistries require less cobalt for nickel and lithium. It seems though, especially for nickel with the energy intensity. Uh, It's real difficult for them to try to model out from the battery chemistry. So let's say that a big, huge amount of nickel is going to be required for this EV boom. Uh, Where it's going to come from, that's a great question. Uh, You know, the largest producers in the world, they're, uh, they're not the greatest places to do business. And that's becoming a real theme, right? As the world's becoming a smaller and smaller place. You've got the third biggest producer of nickel in the world, Russia. Western companies can't talk to the Russian producers right now. And the, the largest, Indonesia, and the second largest, Philippines, have gone through substantial recent growth, all with investment from China. So if the world continues to become a, a more and more split up place, where, for example, if the issues around Taiwan and China more generally heat up and become, let's say, the next Ukraine, then you're going to have even more complication for the Western car companies that are trying to put their hands on nickel. So the where it's going to come from is very tricky from just a general geopolitical, but then also you get a layer on that, the requirements now around carbon. So as the Western car companies are getting more and more serious about the carbon cost of what goes into their vehicles, and you're seeing that in Europe right now where vehicles sold as of January of next year will all be stamped with their kilometer zero uh, footprint, it's no longer a nice to have from metals businesses that are trying to supply car companies. So the where it's gonna come from is a huge problem for the Western car companies. They have these huge forecasted demand growth, uh, but it's not just nickel for nickel's sake. It's gotta come from the right place. So we're talking about how there's parts of the world that are off limits. It's gotta be the right nickel that comes across too. And it's no longer just what our business has been set up for generations. i just trying to get the lowest possible cost across to customers. We no longer have just cost as a focus but it's cost plus the carbon cost so it gets hugely complicated on the mining side i think we're behind in reacting to this and it's interesting when you talk about timelines matt like when you're thinking about finding metal and typically advancing it through the life cycle getting it into production yep that can be a 10 to 20 year process we've got governments that are hugely supportive of critical mineral strategies we've got that in canada Federally, provincially, they are in a way pulling companies along, but it's very, very rare to find nickel sulfide deposits. You can see where they're located around the world. There aren't many areas that have nickel sulfide. What we have going on in Timmins in Northern Ontario is hugely exciting because you really have in the ground up there, the nickel sulfide that the world requires. So it's almost like a whole new district, a whole new area. When you add up all the resources we've discovered. And I'll tell you, ours is enormous, with 2.4 million tons of nickel in the ground, and that's only the first 20%. On my large scale, the Carlang. I
1: think we 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 I think we've talked in the past about you know um, what's happening in, in Indonesia and the Philippines, and you know um, the setting up of ONEC, which is the organization for, of uh, nickel exporting countries over there. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But Canada's got a role to play in this one, but. You know, and, and, and and Timmons and Sudbury too. And, and you're in the right spot, right? You're in the right spot. You looking at your, your, your marketing material, you, you got, well, you know, short, short term production with the, with the high grade stuff and you, you and a longer term, you know, large play, lower grade stuff going on there. So it's kind of clear that strategically you've done the right things. Okay. Um, but the market's not giving you credit for something it feels you got to ask the question, you know, are you the right guy to be you know, heading this out?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So, and obviously it's it's a question that needs to be asked. If we take a step back, Matt, like we are, we're, we're crushing it on our deliverables, right? And, and I think any independent viewer looking at what we've accomplished since we went out of the gate public at the end of 21, headed into a very poor market at the beginning of last year. So last year we tripled our land package. in a a very, very good deal we did with our neighbors who continue to be investors in ours. We tripled the land package and then we went out, we made three major discoveries, right? So we discovered the W4 extends deeper and that's the new resource we came out with today. Uh, We discovered the large scale Carlang deposit, which is really a district size deposit mineralization that extends for 10 kilometers. And that's the resource we came out with earlier this year for the 2.41 million tons in the ground of just the first 20%. And then we made a great discovery uh, to our south on the Groves project, which is high-grade mineralization down into bedrock. Kind of parked that one for a moment. We're hoping to get back in and do a bit of work later this year. But Matt, if I look back, and it's obviously a great question, sort of, are we the right team? I would say that our team, especially our exploration folks out in the field, are the best in the business. And I, I think you can really back up that case with what we've achieved over the past year and a half. That said, the valuation of our company, public valuation, is extraordinarily low. And right now, and I realize every mining CEO complains about their valuation, but quite tangibly, if you look at the numbers of how we stack up versus, and looking at the car laying, because these are the big numbers, the largest nickel sulfide projects in the world, we are, and we have it in our slides we're the fifth largest undeveloped nickel sulfide project in the world. We're in Timmins, just outside town. We're at surface. We have a road to our project. We have power to our project and ours is only the first 20%. We're just getting started up there. And we're the fifth biggest in the world. If you look at enterprise value per nickel, nickel ton resource in the ground across that group of the 10 biggest projects, they trade for well over $200 per ton in the ground and we trade for $1. So there's a massive disconnect on the valuation. It, it may be back on management, but frankly, I think if you judge us by what we've accomplished, um, I think any sort of independent viewer would say, we're knocking it out of the park. There just has this epic mismatch between what we've accomplished, sort of the meat we're putting on the bones and where the market has us valued at right now. So we're really trying to get the word out more to bring more people into the story because Anybody taking a look at it recognizes that something's off in terms of where we trade.
1: Right. Okay. Okay. I hear hear what you're saying, but here's I've got again got to push back on you on this one, right? Because it's all well and good having pounds on the ground. It's kind of like you know old school way of looking at that thing. You used to get credit for that. So whether you're valued at a buck in the ground or two hundred bucks in the ground um it is an indication of the mood out there in terms of what people think your ability to get it out of the ground is okay because i think you like to quote it in how many cars car batteries have we got sitting in the ground it's, it's a big number but the economics have got to stack up too so if you don't mind let's look at the two projects right how do you get the high grade project into production you're talking about in your market material three to four years away and surely the kind of ca- capital outlay for that is gonna be hard, let alone the billions of bucks it's gonna take on the on the large low-grade projects. So how do you come in? What's your strategy today, one, to survive, and two, to fund, to go forward?
0: Yeah, so they are two projects. So we have the W4 with the high grade and the ground. And I think today's news of uh, putting out a resource in total across the three categories of having 2 million tons down there really gets us our legs under us in terms of turning that on to be able to fill a mill that would require, say, 1,500 tons per day. Seven kilometers away, there's a permitted operating mill owned by one of our investors. So that's a great synergy if we can run our material at the local mill. And putting up that type of resource begins to justify, I think, and this will be subsequent work, the capital required to get that material out. And I'll tell you, 1% nickel within 500 meters of surface, that's the kind of mineralization that gets turned into a mine, especially when you've got a local processing option just down the road. So we have began permitting the W-4 last year. That's one of the reasons we've got some, some basis behind the timeline we talk about. So we're going to be permitting that ore source and potentially be able to produce it with the local Production with the local uh, concentrator. In addition, the same group, an investor of ours who owns the concentrator, owns another high grade deposit. At surface, it's three and a half kilometers away. Tremendous synergies for us to, again, be able to take more advantage of the underground development to get down to the W4 between those two deposits. But that high grade business map kind of stands on its own. Um, That's the type of mineralization. It starts with the mineralization, it's the type of mineralization that typically gets turned into mines we're already permitting it and it's on a timeline and having that local existing plant is a wonderful head start towards that production story so that's the high grade that's the high grade the the low grade
1: okay so and let's stay, stay, with, stay with that I, i'll go i come to the low grade I, I want people to totally get get this and understand it right so so there's a local uh, local um, concentrator mill uh, facility Owned by an investor of that, sorry, an investor that's invested in your company, right? Have discussions happened? Are they aware of what you want to do? Are they inclined to do something about it? Because obviously, everyone's got their own drivers here.
0: Sure. Yeah. So they're completely aware. Um, I think our incentives are aligned. I can say, and I have said before, the dynamic with that local mill is that they are opportunistic toll millers of gold, gold ore down from Timmins The way to make money with a mill is to run your mill all the time. The way to feed your mill all the time is with a local consistent ore source. So obviously there's there's a good setup there. Uh, they're, again, they're investors of ours and they are completely on the same page in terms of what we want to do. Uh, and I'll tell you, there's a couple real neat parts for us as well. One is our clean nickel R&D, the work we're doing in the lab Uh, funded primarily with the government money around bio-leaching. We are testing and we've come out with the results about if we were to run our material to their mill, come out with a concentrate, typically you need to send that concentrate somewhere for final processing. If the bio-leaching continues to work as we scale it up now in the lab, it's a really neat add-on using our technology to be able to take concentrate and get ourselves to nickel sulfate or nickel hydroxide, whatever the end product is from our little site. We've got that going on in terms of the discussions to run to the local mill. And then the second thing, Matt, is we are very confident across our land, there are additional high-grade near-surface deposits, which our exploration team can go out, find, you know, uh, detail out, and pull together a business wherein we continue to feed that mill, going beyond what the two identified ore sources have so that's all part of the puzzle when we're talking with the local mill and again i think our incentives are aligned on this one and and if not if not we're just a a short drive north from sudbury and sudbury is looking for concentrate Um, but obviously i'd like to keep it tight and really play into this clean nickel strategy that we have and and that's that's our high grade that's why we say three to four years
1: right you, you want it to be economic for you and your shareholders is, is what is what you want where, wherever they or may or may not go um so just again st- sticking with it is three or four years away is that driven by is the long pole in the tent the permitting component there or is there a lot more a lot more in terms of moving it from lab through to pilot in which case, you know, more money required um, a- along the way here. So what, what are the variables there before you could come to some sort of revenue moment in time?
0: Yeah, so permitting, um, it's a combination to get me to that three to four years. So the permitting track, we've already begun. We're hoping that we're going to have news on a mining lease. That's the next stage in the permitting track. I mentioned before that it's as though government is pulling uh, companies like mine along, trying to get us into production. So I'll tell you, we have a very collaborative relationship with the provincial government. Um, so the permitting is part of that mix to get us to three to four years. Also on that, uh, the bio leaching technology, uh, we're moving that along. We're going, we're bench scale testing right now. We've come out with preliminary results. We're optimizing that. Uh, second half of this year, we have sort of bigger and better bench scale. We'd anticipate then we move into.
1: Can I ask you, do you need it? Like, let's say it doesn't work for whatever reason. Let's just say shits and giggles if it doesn't work
0: no if it doesn't work we're like every other nickel producer in the world
1: so it's 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 a it's a bonus not a necessity fine okay correct okay cool what else what else is holding things up
0: yeah uh and then the other impediment is is your typical slog of we now have a resource uh a chunk of it's not indicated and measured we would need to drill it off more in addition to moving through the steps you know pea potentially pfs fs that takes time but it's all very doable for what we're talking about. a simple underground mine, all within 500 meters of surface.
1: But 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 even a DFS or an FS on what is a tolling agreement, you know, you, it's going to be much simplified. Absolutely, for yeah. study right. Okay, okay. So again, not necessarily.
0: That would be on the ore source. That would be on the on the W4 the mine for sure. But what I'm
1: constantly thinking here, a company valued like you are, which I think is nuts. But you know, personal opinion, folks. Uh, you know, for for what you've got, it's a case of I'm trying to work out how much money you've got to spend, how much time it's going to take for you get to revenue source. Because we've seen a lot of companies in this market very difficult for equities at the moment, right? It's not a nickel thing, it's not a copper thing, it's not it's, it's not a lithium. It's it's a markets thing. Is changing their plan, either downsizing the kind of capex requirement on that plan or finding a, a quick quicker route to revenue seems to be de rigueur at, at, at the moment. Was this always your intent or have you changed plans?
0: No, this was so the, I, what I'm describing is is the best of all worlds, right? I'm looking at um, permitting an ore source, which is near surface in sort of a brownfields area where there have been mines before outside a very pro mining uh, town, a, a excellent jurisdiction with an existing permitting plant that already is, per, uh, sorry, processing plant, which is already permitted, operating, and has a tailings facility. So I don't think there'd be any better setup uh, to try to get a, a discovered ore source into production. So it is de rigueur, but it's actually those are the pieces that were sort of on the table when we arrived.
1: Should, should we, Is so, I was just conscious of making sure of, of attention span is there, so W4 Deposit, the higher grade project, we've got a sense of how you're, Coming out that um, updated MRE is uh, uh, great, um, and maybe some sense of economics soon. We, we, we shall we shall follow that story story eagerly. Let's talk about Carlang A Zone, which is obviously the much bigger play, but it's lower grade stuff. So, so again, for, for newbies to this, one point uh, two four nickel doesn't sound like a lot.
0: Yeah, it's it's low grade, and uh, as I've said before, I, I can't point to a mine in the world which is currently operating at that grade. But that said, others have pointed out that that grade can be economic. So we're sort of running in the wake of that work. Uh, we anticipate that ours should hold together. One of the reasons is we're right at surface. We have minimal overburden. So there's actually a lot of outcrop. That The second big reason would be um, ours goes for 10 kilometers. So if you're going to set up, a large scale operation, having material you can chew through for many decades is is a good setup to have. And, and the other real reason is we're just outside a functioning mining town on a road with power. We have wonderful infrastructure. And we think that these things could all add up to make that sort of grade 0.24, make that economic. And, and also, not just economic, but back to what I was saying before about this new world in which We're not just meant to be delivering nickel at the right cost, but also with the right carbon attached to it. We have an opportunity with the Carlang to have very low, low carbon attached to that. And that's really our trademark term, clean nickel. And all the work we're doing in the lab is feeding towards having the lowest possible carbon cost, when we're into production on um, lane. right?
1: But it's an entire—it's not just an entirely different asset and and t- and, and, and grade and, and so forth. It's an entirely different um, mechanism. You're going to need to fund that going forward, because at the end of the day, someone's going to have to write. Go, going, looking at your peers, uh, you know, look to Canada and that just up the road. You know, got a similar sort of um, grade to you. They they are going to need. A couple of billion bucks. They're gonna need someone with a balance sheet to, to fund that. You guys are gonna to have to do the same. So between now and and that point, what work have you got to do?
0: Yeah. So to, to fund the type of project that I'm talking about with Carlang, which is really conceptual at this stage. We don't have numbers on it, so I but it very likely would look something like what Canada Nickel is marketing. that likely requires a company that looks different than my company right now so we either my company is going to have to radically change or it should be fantastic news but then we'd be riding a sort of rocket ship up to becoming a major miner or more likely uh we're going to partner with uh, a major miner or other groups that ha- are incented towards getting nickel into production whether that's downstream the car companies uh whether it's government whether it's other governments or whether it's just a combination of all of those. So very likely the the mix to get projects like that car up and running into production is going to look a little different than mining projects have in the past. Um, you know, the typical would be a company of my size partners with a major. We're, we're looking down that path. We're already talking to the majors. That's what Canada nickel is taking that option. But there were also other combinations whether you're coming again car companies, governments, there's also the mining private equity world um, these are long life especially if you've got demand on your side long life continuous uh, cash flow operations which look very interesting to different um, different types of institutional investors so uh, it very likely requires a, a basket of partners to finance that thing along and, and again, I've got my eyes open, Uh, my little venture stock trading for as low as it is, it'd be a big jump for us to be running down a path on a multi-billion dollar project. But I'll tell you, uh, the phone rings when you come out with a resource like we did uh, the fifth largest in the world. So it's definitely on people's radar. And again, like I was saying before, as the world becomes a much smaller place, already it's hard to find these nickel sulfide projects in the area we're in. Is ideal checks a lot of boxes for people that are looking for this type of nickel project. Okay, look,
1: you can't shareholders um maybe maybe fine with what you're saying. I, I I don't know you know how you how you're communicating with them. But what's in it for me as a as a newbie to this story? Looking in, you, you're talking some pretty big numbers there, and you know fifth in the world, and you know the. the, the two different types of styles of projects that you can you can come at, and you're nobody's fool in, in the sense that you, you understand how you've got to go about funding these things. That you're a junior, you're going to get, have to keep raising money uh, and, and build these things out. Me, as so a kind of retail investor looking at this thing, I'm going to be going, well, is there a hockey stick return for this? Is Is this thing going to jump? And what's going to drive that? Is it just market fundamentals or is it something that you're going to do, or someone that you've been speaking to reacting to? I don't know what. I mean, what what should I be looking for to judge you?
0: Well, I think right now we represent a pretty deep value play. Like again, when you when you look at identified and uh, identified and defined nickel resources in the world, those are real numbers. You can begin comparing those. And and again, we trade at such a deep deep valuation. Mismatch from even the next one, which is three times our valuation. That there's likely some some room to grow there. But then, if you if you take a step back, and if a retail investor follows the grander EV plan and that rollout of EVs, if you believe in the escalation of EVs, in the growth of EV sales numbers, and if you follow this concept that mine that car companies have a difficult time pivoting to new technology. So locking in at a battery chemistry, today's winner, which is nickel intensive, that means we're going to need a huge amount of nickel. If we need a huge amount of nickel, it comes back to the biggest nickel projects in the world. Go through that list and we're by far the cheapest one. So I think those are the pieces that that bake in to the, uh, to the real call as to why we represent a wonderful investment opportunity. So I'm transparently saying there's Many different routes that the Carlang, the big project could be developed along. We're not entirely dependent on just one on on one group of potential investors to partner along. But regardless of which track is taken on that large scale, right now, what it's valued at by the market is so, so discounted that if you believe in this macro trend, then this is likely to be moving along. And if it moves along, any of those investors come in at a significant premium to where it is today.
1: I, I mean, I'm looking at, and again, I'm looking at the numbers while you're while you're talking. I'm, I just wonder if you flipped W uh, Ford deposit off to someone, is it worth more than your market cap or enterprise value today?
0: Uh, Matt, I think the trademark clean nickel is worth more than our market cap today. So uh, you could do a sum of the parts, and then it gets even more depressing. Um, but yes, I, I think based on today's resource. Um, coming out with a more than doubling of what the historic was, I I think you could very much make the case that W4 on its own uh, should be valued at more than what EV nickel trades for.